Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we're going across the border into the United States. And I'm not sure the temperature is warmer there or here, but we'll find out in a minute. We're going to talk to Steve Tabor, the third of Eight Days of Hope, and we're going to find out more in that as we get into it. So, Steve, where did you go to school? You know, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, but I went to college out at a small uh, private school in Kansas where I enjoyed six years of college at a four-year school because I wanted to play sports and and do some other things. But, um, yeah, those were some good memories out in the Midwest. So having said that, what kind of work did you do while you were at school and after school? You know, um, during college, you know, I grew up in a family that we, we didn't have a lot. And um, my, my sister and I were the first two people in our family to go to college. Um, we had to take care of it ourselves and, and, and we knew no other way. And so, you know, you worked two jobs, you prayed that you'd get an athletic scholarship, which I did, and maybe some other dollars, and and you find a way to make it work. And so, you know, every summer um, since I was 13, uh, I worked, and I actually worked at a building material distributor in Buffalo, New York, and then right through college. And it's interesting because when we talk a little bit about eight days of hope, my background about being around building materials since I was 13 definitely uh, has helped the ministry to uh, to serve families in need. But uh, again, back to your question, um, you know, worked full time since I was 13 years of age, put myself through college. Um, and I'm thankful my parents were there to love me through the journey and, and just thankful that people gave me an opportunity to make some dollars to to pay for my college tuition. Okay, so the variety of jobs that you had? Yeah, you know, during college, you do whatever you have to do. And so if it's, you know, I played college football, I ran college track, I was on the radio, um, on the radio, um, on the radio station for the college, I actually was a volunteer manager for a couple of years. So I loved radio. And um, again, when I was in college, I was doing athletics while I was studying, while I was trying to, you know, pay uh, my tuition. So, you know, it created some unique moments, um, but, you know, I'm blessed that, you know, God allowed me to get through that and and graduate with a degree in communications and public relations. And then, you know, started my corporate career. And so, you know, 24, um, within a span of like nine months of graduating college, I, I met and married my wife, Charmaine. We've been married 39 years. Um, She was in the building material industry. Her family owned a building material distributor in Buffalo, New York, uh, just north of the city near Niagara Falls. And then I joined a roofing manufacturer. So at the age of 24, very quickly jumped back to the building material industry where I was for 31 years till I retired about six years ago. Okay, so let's move on to what's your passion now. And... How did you come up with a name? You know, I'm a man of faith, and um, the number eight in the Bible means new beginnings. Uh, I was leading a pretty large building material corporation in Tupelo, Mississippi. So I had done the, you know, the corporate ladder thing, and, you know, I was a vice president, you know, at 39, and 
um, while I was living in Tupelo, Mississippi, I was helping lead a vinyl siding company, a company that made windows and doors, manufactured stone, metal roofing, and I was in charge of the P&Ls for a couple of the companies and and, and offered um, input on, on the other organizations. But while I was living in Tupelo, Mississippi, back in 05, a storm hit our country. You, you probably heard of it. It was called Katrina. And uh, my dad, who was living in Buffalo at the time, was 73. And I was probably in my mid forties, 43, 44-ish. And he called me on the phone and said, hey, Steve, you know, I know that um, everyone's talking about New Orleans and they should be, but uh, you know, your state of Mississippi really got hit hard. And he said, I've got an idea. What do you think? And so the idea was my dad and I would find a couple friends and we would go find a widow, maybe an elderly couple, a single mom, maybe a family with, you know, physical challenges that wouldn't give them an opportunity to, to fix their house. But let's find one family and help them rebuild their house. Let's go down there for eight days, hence the name Eight Days of Hope. The number eight in the Bible means new beginnings. We'd be bringing a new beginning to a family. And the goal all along was to help out one family. But um, apparently um, uh, the guy upstairs had, had much different plans because that was our smallest trip ever in, in 19 years. But we still took 684 people with us. We provide food and lodging for them. And in eight days, we rebuilt 84 homes, which, again, is our smallest trip ever. But being a part of that and watching God move through so many people, men and women of faith and people who've never gone to church in their life, that's fine, too. They came with us, and it was great. Um, but just to see, you know, 30 families get brand-new roofs and, and you know, 25 families getting brand-new kitchen cabinets, and along the way, just bringing them some joy. I mean, the people on the coast were so down and out. Uh, they were battling insurance companies, their home, their business, their schools, um, the place they, they did their dry cleaners at, their favorite restaurant. It was all gone. I mean, all it was like someone had dropped a bomb. And so, you know, we did over a million dollars of work, and I was driving home. We weren't even a nonprofit then. We we called ourselves eight days old because we were going for eight days. But on the way home, I was driving with my wife, and we had three kids with us because we're family-friendly. And I just start weeping and because I saw the destruction around me, and I saw all the need that was still there. I felt like we had made a difference, but maybe just you know, a baby difference, a baby step difference. And so we very quickly uh, decided that we would go back. And um, since then, uh, the ministry has grown to multiple arms. But on that one arm, the rebuilding arm, we now have helped 9,600 families rebuild their homes for free. Uh, our biggest outreach ever was in Houston after Hurricane Harvey. When you hear these numbers, they're staggering. But we took 4,692 volunteers from 50 states and 11 countries. And we did like a baseball doubleheader. We went to for two eight day periods. So we were there for 15 days because one day overlapped. But in 15 days, we rebuilt 808 homes, about $15 million of work. Um, we partnered with Governor Abbott, Susan Dell, um, who's of Jewish faith, but loves our, our ministry and is, to this day supports us um, because in her in her words, Susan Dell, Michael's wife, is that, you know, we get things done and she likes that. And so, you know, that was our biggest trip ever, but to feed the volunteers, we not only provide food and lodging, it's free when you serve with us, but just feeding the volunteers for those 215, that 15-day period cost us $161,000. And so we had to raise all that money in 44 days. Our budget for that trip 
was 2.1 million. But now with four different arms of the ministry, 18 and a half years later, we've done about $80 million of work for free. And, and we just love what we do. We just love and serve the brokenhearted. And that leads to the obvious question, Steve, the funding. Where does this money yeah. come from? Yeah, so, you know, um, it's interesting is, is is I have a business background. I love business. I love ministry more, but there is business to ministry. You can't rebuild 9,500 homes for $80 million and, and not buy materials and fuel and, and a laptop, you know, for our small staff. I mean, up to five years ago, we were 100% volunteers. We've now led 55,000 volunteers across the country. Uh, but now we do have a staff of about a dozen people. Uh, that has changed in the last couple of years because of the different arms. But but God, you know, I kind of got this model of what if we could find people who believed in what we were doing and wanted to be a part of it and would fund our fixed cost? So if a listener out there knows anything about business, you have a fixed cost. No matter if you sell 20 widgets or one widget, you have costs that remain the same. And so I presented that to a couple partners, and I'm proud to say today, you know, we have 19 partners. They're all listed on our website at 8daysofhope.com. There's churches and businesses and auto dealers. Uh, there's other nonprofits and foundations, but they each sow 50000 a year or more to 8 Days of Hope, and they cover all of our fixed cost. So if you're listening today and you want to be a part of what we're doing, uh, our next trip is right around the corner in March in Amory, Mississippi because of tornadoes. If you donated $25, I can look in the eyes and tell you that every penny will be spent and given to families to help them rebuild their homes, not to a salary, not to a laptop, not to an expense account, uh, not to uh, uh, a shiny truck. Um, but, you know, in five years, you know, we've been blessed. And again, a man of faith, it's, to me, it's, it's always been about God moving through his people. We now have $7 million of equipment. We have feeding trailers and shower trailers. You know, we have 15 F-350 dualies that pull all of our equipment around. We have laundry trailers. We have over a dozen Bobcats. We have bucket trucks, hundreds of chainsaws, tarping equipment, every piece of tool of equipment you, you would want to drywall, roof, paint, lay flooring, plumbing, electrical. Um, we have all that. And, and I think volunteers like serving with us because they just show up. Uh, they have a safe place to sleep. They, they get a good meal. We have all the tools and we're organized and, and they can use their gifts to bless people. So a lot's gone on the last 18 and a half years. Now I have to ask the obvious question. You went to school in Kansas City. You live in Buffalo. Who do you uh, want to win the Super Bowl? Well, I, I've been a Buffalo Bills fan since I was born, and so pray for me because we we go through a lot of ups and downs, probably a lot more downs than others. We get some tough losses, um, but I have a lot of friends that live in Kansas, and and now that Kansas City beat Buffalo in Buffalo, and yes, I was there. Um, you know, you, you, I hope for my friends that you know they they can do what they they do, so maybe they get fat and heavy, and maybe we get a chance to win it the next year or the year after. Um, you know, back to your question of funding, though, that, that's an interesting question. So our fixed costs are covered, but we still have to raise the money to do what we do. So like in March, we're taking thousands of people to northeast Mississippi, where last year tornadoes in March came through and killed dozens of people. Thousands of homes were destroyed or badly damaged. And so we're going to rebuild 
probably 200 homes in eight days. Well, we be, we've got to buy about $600,000 of building materials. We've got to buy food for the volunteers, fuel for the trucks. You know, we have to buy, um, we have to rent tables and chairs and and we've got to get t-shirts for the volunteers. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of money that needs to be raised, but thankfully, you know, when people look up Eight Days of Hope on, on Ministry Watch or Charity Navigator, some of the other organizations that rate charities, they, they give us very high, mark, high marks. And I believe, again, because our partners cover our costs. So the impact of the dollars that are given to us, um, you know, really make, make a big impact. You know, we also have a national radio show on American Family Radio. And uh, we're in 210 stations every Saturday morning, both in America and Canada in like 36 states. So we get the word out, you know, and I really believe that we all are drawn to doing something for those in need, no matter if you've ever gone to church or if you go every day. I just believe that we all want to be a part of something bigger. And when we see a need deep down our heart, we're drawn to taking care of that need. And all we are is we're just a conduit for people who want to give back. How do you align yourself with Habitat for Humanity? Yeah, so they're a really good organization. Um, you know, th their model's a little bit different. They do one home at a time. Uh, it's not always because of a disaster. A lot of times it's just because of families in need, and, and, that's, and that's a good reason. Uh, they also ask the homeowner to work alongside them, and so they'll work on one house and build it for five, six months. The family's very involved, of course. Of course, you know, Jimmy Carter, the, the founder, uh, just just a great outreach for people and communities who are looking to sleep in their own bed at night and, and give back. And so businesses and churches and, and, and families can be a part of something like that. You know, we're a little bit different. You know, we, we bring in thousands of people for an eight-day period, and we will touch hundreds of families. And most models are needed. I mean, there's other people like Samaritan's Purse, and there's Convoy of Hope and Mercy Chefs, and there's a lot of nonprofits out there doing good things, great things. Um, you know, we our country needs more than one nonprofit or organization to help families in need. And so, uh, you know, I've never said anything bad about any organization. You know, I believe that everyone does something because they feel called to it. I know what we do well. We bring heavy equipment. We bring lots of people. We get a lot done in a short period of time. And, and uh, we try to encourage people to use their gifts to give back. But we're all needed. I mean, this country is a great country. Uh, but when disasters strike, when families have fires, when widows have nowhere to turn because their kids are gone, uh, or they didn't have any children, that's when people like 80s of Hope, organizations like 80s of Hope, can step up and serve. Is there any relationship with the Red Cross at all? You know, they're, they're not. So, so again, you've mentioned some great organizations. Um, and, and again, we all have a different model. So we're faith-based. So we have, we're led by volunteers. We have 271 volunteer leaders. They all go to some type of a church. There's Catholics and Baptists and non-denominational. Some of us are white. Some of us are not white. Some of us are young and old. Some are, are heavier and some are thinner. Some come from the north and the south. You know, we're just a conduit for people. You're saying, you know what? We know there's broken hearts right now in Tennessee with the recent tornadoes. Uh, or our newest arm, maybe we can talk about, you know, sex trafficking is real. And, and I'll be very careful uh, how I, I talk about it. But four years ago, we start building facilities for uh, children and adult women who've been rescued from trafficking. Right now, we're building a $7.5 million campus in Ohio, which will be the largest place for girls between the ages of 14 to 18 to get the emotional physical and spiritual help they need for free in Ohio. And so, you know, we're always somewhere doing something. In the last six months, we've been in Maui with all the fires in Lahaina. We've 
been in Amory, Mississippi, and Selma, Alabama, and Clarksville, Tennessee for tornadoes. Just two weeks ago, we were in Buffalo, New York, with heavy equipment helping families dig out from seven feet of snow. So if it's a tornado, if it's a snowstorm, if it's a hurricane, or if it's a, 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 a disaster of, of human type of trafficking, you know, we help people in need. So we partnered with Tim Tebow, uh, Frank Reich, a former NFL coach, uh, but we have built now 14 facilities around the country from Texas to South Dakota, New York, Mississippi, and in between. And we do it for free. We provide hope to women and children rescued from trafficking, and that's one of our newest arms of the ministry. So the West Coast is really being hit with weather problems. Will that be a future endeavor? Yeah, you know, an hour before you and I are jumping on this podcast, I was uh, talking to some of our our, our our staff and some of our volunteer leaders. And so for us, when there's 200 families who've been affected by disaster, so let's say that flood it affects um, a subdivision or a town where hundreds of homes have been flooded, we will send hundreds, if not thousands of people to offer support to those families. And what we do is we we remove everything that's wet. So like Hurricane Harvey, 330,000 homes flooded in Houston. We send thousands of volunteers. We were there not for eight days, but we were there for 11 weeks. And all we did was we removed everything wet. So when you have a flood, you have to remove everything from a foot above down that got wet. So let's just say you had four feet of, of rain in your house. Eight days old would come in and everything five feet and below we would remove. That's the insulation, the carpet, the furniture, the drywall, uh, the electrical components, your, your baseboard. Uh, we would get everything out of the house and very quickly, you know, we, we have about a half a million dollars of commercial dehumidifiers and fans. We would bring the heavy equipment to start drying your house out before mold sets in. And so that's about a five, six day process. And so if we're there for eight weeks and not eight days, it allows us to complete so we can gut a house out or muck it out, two different terms used, do what we do. You either gut it or muck it, same thing. You remove everything wet, you set up the equipment for three days, and then you come back and you spray it for mold. Because once mold sets in, it's very hard to get it out and sometimes we'll, we'll always linger. And so if, if we're needed in California, and we'll, we'll probably know in the next day or two, to we always tell people where we're going when they enroll in our email alerts if you go to our website atsope.com submit your email address we're not going to blow it up we're not going to ask you for money every other day that's not who we are but if, if we go to california or like the fires in maui we were there like days later you could come and join us or or be a part of that. So go to 8dayshope.com, submit your email address, and if we go to California or the next disaster, we'll email you, let you know we're going, and we'll invite you to come with us again at no charge. So you talk about recruitment. You know, you know I, I believe we've all been gifted, and so I'm just going to throw some tasks out. Um you know, I believe the world tries to tell us that we can't measure up and we're not thin enough, we're not good looking enough, we don't wear the latest clothes and maybe our car should be a newer model. But I, I'm just a man that I believe that when we were created, our creator stepped back and said, now that one. And I think we all have different gifts. And so I know what I'm good at. I'm a good organizer. I could be a good communicator. Uh, I love details. I love talking to partners and raising money and, and communications. What I'm not good at is, is, is using a nail gun on a roof. I'm not good at making food for large amounts of people. Uh, I'm not great at um, 
you know, doing POs to, to purchase materials. I can do it, but I don't love it. And I'm not great at it. But, but here's some of the things. When you serve with us, these are the things that we ask for. Can you do laundry? If we go to California, we're going to bring our laundry trailers with us. Our laundry trailers have 10 commercial washers and dryers, and the families we're serving, they could still salvage their clothes if they're washed quickly. But all the laundromats in the neighborhood, they flooded too. So what do you do? Well, Lowe's and Home Depot and the other big brands, they can't bring thousands of washers and dryers in in 24 hours. And so we actually take our laundromats, our, our laundry trailers right into the subdivision, and we knock on doors and they end up calling each other. And people bring their laundry. And so if you can do laundry, you can serve with eight days of hope. We have a feeding unit that can make 8,000 meals in two hours. So if we go to California and an area needs food for the first two or three days until they get back on their feet and power gets up, can you make sandwiches? Can you make a salad? Can you flip a burger? Uh, there's something for you. Can you drive a truck? Can you pick up people from the airport? Can you fold t-shirts? Can you clean facilities? Can you get on a roof? Do you know how to carry drywall? Do you know how to paint? Maybe you're a handy woman and you're looking for a way to give back. So really every skill set, maybe you do a podcast. There is a place for you at Eight Days of Hope. And, and, and so for us, we just bring people together of different skill sets and our job is to lead them so they can use their gifts. They might go home I'm tired, but their hearts can be full and they'll never forget forget their time of serving. Three years from today, Steve, what's eight days of hope going to look like? So we have four arms. We have a rapid response arm that goes within 24 hours. We have a rebuilding arm, that arm that I told you about in Houston and coming up in Erie, Mississippi. We have a mass feeding arm. Uh, we have uh, over a million dollars of feeding equipment that can make 8,000 meals in two hours to provide food through local churches to communities in need. And now we have a safe house arm. You know, I really think our safe house ministry, people don't realize it because of pornography and smartphones and social media trafficking is the fastest growing crime in the world. And uh, right now we're building the largest campus in the country for girls rescued from trafficking. It's gonna be in Ohio. I think in the next three years, you'll see us build campuses, maybe down in Florida, Colorado, and California. Uh, there's one we already helped build in Texas. And so now you have campuses all over in the country. And so somebody gets tricked or groomed, run away and gets caught up in the wrong crowd. They get trafficked. They have a place to come get the healing they need. So I see the mass feeding arm and our safe house arm growing uh, dramatically. Uh, I think, you know, as we've come out of COVID, people are now getting more comfortable, you know, traveling with groups of people and being around groups of people. So I think over the last couple of years, there was a little uh, pullback from people being around, you know, larger groups where I think people kind of work through that. We're in a better place. Uh, in our country and in the world. So, you know, I only see continued growth. Uh, I see more opportunities to serve with eight days of hope. Um, our goal is to, whenever there's a disaster, if it's a mudslide, an earthquake, snowstorm, tornado, hurricane, flooding, uh, anything like that, that we can respond very quickly with one of those four arms. So, so I see growth, growth and more growth. And uh, I'm excited to see what's, you know, down the road. Are you open to replicating your model in other countries? Absolutely. You know, one thing we've done since we started, I, I've never, you know, being the founder, I never felt like this was mine. It's not. I'm not that smart. But again, as a man of faith, I think there's someone a lot smarter than me. But what we've told other ministries, we've actually helped 10 nonprofits launch with either seed money or equipment um, or by allowing them to use our processes. So like our assessment form, if if uh, if someone's doing disaster relief and they hear that ATO has the greatest 
assessment form. You go in and you kind of figure out what you have to do. If they want our form, they take our logo off and put their logo on, I'm fine with that. So already uh, we've worked with some other organizations that have done things in the Bahamas and Ukraine, uh, helping some churches rebound after after the war that you know has been going on is still going on. And so if there's a way that we can help anybody to uh, be a conduit for people who want to give back to love and serve the brokenhearted, this is not ours. Uh, we do not hold on to it tightly. Uh, we're just grateful that we're a part of this and are willing to share and expand wherever the Lord leads us. So, for example, right now, Chile is a huge problem. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I think one of the challenges overseas, uh, Peter, that we've been dealing with is how do you move equipment quickly, safely, and cost efficiently? So like Maui, you know, the storm, the uh, the fire hit, you know, very quickly our donors start giving us some dollars and resources because they knew we would do something. And so what I had a way, our team had a way is, do we want to ship equipment $60,000 to feed people or do you take the $60,000 you raised, find some people that are trying to do it well and come alongside them because you're going to leave and they're still there. And isn't it about them and not about us? And so that's what we do. And so for us to give you resources, I mean, we're open to shipping equipment. We've shipped materials to Ukraine, the Bahamas after Hurricane Dorian. We've shipped things to Puerto Rico after the hurricane hit there about five years ago, six years ago. And so we're open to shipping containers and helping people out. But when it takes, it takes our equipment when we take our five boom trucks that can take trees off of houses to take that to a country that had earthquakes you know we'd be better off running that equipment there um, and again we're willing to teach and train we've done that i mean in two weeks i'll be at a, a large get together a round table in alabama hundreds and hundreds of organizations and and churches and nonprofits will be together and and they're they want to learn best practices and they've asked me to come in and do a couple workshops and I'm always excited to share about you know what we've learned from our own mistakes so we're willing to share anything and and that includes resources as well so Steve what's the uh, support provided by the federal and the state governments yeah so um you know I regardless if you said all the way to the extreme left or extreme right or somewhere in between I don't believe any government of any country can wave the wand and fix things like what just happened in, in, in Hawaii with Lahaina, the fires. Um, no one can just fix things, you know, after Harvey that, you know, you're talking seven to 10 years of recovery. And so I don't think we, we should put everything just on, on, on the country to fix all of our problems. I believe that, again, being a man of faith, it's God's called us to love and serve the brokenhearted. And again, we serve with people who've never been to church and don't care to go to church. And we're fine with that. But I believe, um, you know, we, we have not taken any federal dollars. Uh, I'm, I, I will never say never because you just don't know, but all the disaster work we've done, the $80 million of work, we've raised all that money through businesses, churches, and individuals who believe in what we do and why we do what we do. And so uh, we've done training for FEMA. They brought us in Georgia and in the southeastern part of the, of the country, all the FEMA directors wanted to learn, you know, how can eight days hope deploy so quickly? And then, and, and we were willing to share anything. And so we're willing to partner with them because, you know, they're trying their best, they're doing their best. But, you know, if we're thinking FEMA, you know, I, I know they learned a lot after Katrina and mistakes are always made. We've made so many mistakes over the years, but let's learn from the mistakes. Let's learn from each other. And, and, and we're all needed together. One, one phrase I use all the time now is we're better together. 
When we work with some of the organizations you mentioned, when we work with Samaritan's Purse, when we work with FEMA, when we work with um, the American Red Cross who's handing out sandwiches, but they know of five families that need a tarp on the roof because a tree went through a tornado and they don't know where to turn. We're better when we work together. So to me, forget the logo, forget the name, forget the name of the ministry. If, if you feel called to make a difference, find an organization that you believe in that does disaster relief. Um, some of the ones that you mentioned, some of the ones that I mentioned, find someone that you can believe in and join them. You know, we're family friendly. And so we like the fact in March in Amory, Mississippi, we're gonna have 2000 people and probably we'll have about 300 volunteers under the age of 18. You know, we want kids to realize that, you know, it's important to write checks and, and give to those in need. I get it, I've done it. And, 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 and there's satisfaction in doing that. But there's something when your kids see you and your grandkids see you giving back. It really becomes true to them. It isn't just words. You know, I say, um, again, the greatest sermon I ever heard is not the one I saw. I mean, I've heard Billy Graham speak. Amazing. But the greatest sermon I ever heard was the one I saw. Our kids and grandchildren need to see love in action. And so if you tell them about giving back to the world, if you tell them take care of the widows and the orphans, if you tell them to you know, call on that elderly neighbor that now lives in a, a nursing home and you never actually do it, it's just a bunch of words. So again, find an organization you can believe in, partner with them. Again, you mentioned some, I mentioned some. Again, we're always welcoming people at 80sofhope.com, but find somebody you can believe in, join them and have fun as a family and find a way to give back.